0: Hello my friend and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five day per week wisdom and legacy building podcast. Today is day 881 of our trek and it is Wisdom Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have the proper perspective on today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset of the culture or the authors. In order to help us have a better understanding of some of the more obscure passages in God's Word, we are Investing Wisdom Wednesdays reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew Bible scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled these essays into a book called, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marriott, Ohio. One factor that supports the authenticity of God's Word is that it includes narratives that are the good, the bad, and the ugly. In today's essay, we will take a closer look at one of the stories that are both bad and ugly, but it also leads us to some truth that we need to understand. In today's essay from Dr. Heiser, we want to explore Judges chapter 19-20, and where God's Word presents a tale that is considered the most horrific Bible story. So let's jump right into this essay. In those days there was no king in Israel. This line repeated throughout the book of Judges frames the horrific tale of a Levite and his concubine. The grim details of this story showcases the anarchy and spiritual decay of the period, but this story is not just a cheap thriller. When reading the story, our attention fixates on the grim details of murder, rape, war, and abduction. But there are critical and less repugnant elements, which includes tribal affiliations and locations of these events. The story is designed to prompt the readers into favoring kingship. The people needed a messiah, a savior. The book of Judges does not name its authors, but it is likely written after the time of David. All of these elements add up to not only a rationale for a kingship, but also a for the superiority of the king of Judah, which was through David, and not Benjamin, which was through Saul or Ephraim. By the time the Judges was written, Saul had already failed God as a spiritual leader. Anyone reading the story would be prompted to follow God's new choice of kingship, the line of David. Any other ruler would spell chaos, evil, and tragedy. I'm going to summarize this passage but I would encourage you to read Judges chapter 19 and 20 to get the full spectrum of this horrific story, which is a precursor to the kings of Israel, which also culminates in Jesus Christ as the King of Kings. So let me break it down into a series of passages. I'll first have a short narrative on the events of the story and what the Bible teaches us through that short passage. In Judges 19 and 20, this story is about a Levite who is retrieving a fugitive concubine from her father's house in Bethlehem located in the tribal territory of Judah. The concubine's father, who was from Judah, treats the Levite with warm hospitality. So what does the Bible teach us in this? The Levite is shown warm hospitality in Judah, which was from David's tribe. The next event of the story, the Levite and his concubine travel home to Ephraim. On the way, he has the option to stay in the city of Jabus, a Benjamite territory. He decides not to remain since Jabus was under the rule of Gentiles and not Hebrews at the time. And what does this teach us? The Levite could have stopped in Jabus, which is later known as Jerusalem. It is an oasis in the hellish sea of the tribe of Benjamin. The next event of the story he journeys on through Jabus onto Gebeah, also a Benjamite territory. In Gebeah, an old man, also, also from Ephraim, offers refuge to the Levite and his concubine in chapter 19, verses 15 and 16. But during that night, a throng of wicked men surround the old man's house and demand that the Levite surrender to them so that they could molest him. And what does this teach us? The Benjamite rapists of Gibeah are clearly wicked. Saul, the first king of Israel, belonged to the tribe of Benjamin. And the next event of the story goes... The old man offers his virgin daughter and the Levite's concubine to these men to avoid a disgraceful demand, but they refuse in chapter 19, verses 23 through 25. The Levite forces his concubine outside to satisfy them. He finds her dead at the door of his house the next morning. Without a hint of remorse or compassion, he piles her on his donkey in chapter 19, verses 25 through 28. And what can we learn from this portion? The Levite, from Ephraim, is a villain. Ephraim is associated with the renegade northern kingdom of Israel that forsook the line of God's anointed, David. The old man, also from Ephraim, is another villain. Continuing on in the final segment of this passage, after arriving home, the Levite cuts up the body of his concubine into twelve pieces and sends the pieces to each of the Israelites tribal territories. He is summoning tribal leadership to meet and decide on retaliation in chapter 19, verses 29 through chapter 20, verses 7. All of the tribes are outraged except one, the tribe leaders of Benjamin, in whose territories Gibeah is located. They boycotted the assembly and refused to surrender to the men of Gebeah. Chapter 20, verses 2 and 3, and verses 12 and 13. The result is an all-out war. And all but 600 men of Benjamin were completely destroyed. Chapter 20 verses 14 through 48. And what do we learn from this last passage? The Benjamite leaders that refused to attend the tribal assembly and turn over the men of Gibeah are wicked. The appalling nature of this story provides an approximate context for God's plan of redemption. It sets the worst of human nature against the need for a divine rule. That divine rule would begin in the Old Testament times in the form of David, the chosen king, the man after God's own heart. From David, God would produce a king of kings, Jesus Christ, whose mission was to save all of humanity, not just Israel, from the curse of sin. And a quick tidbit as we end today's essay. This story mirrors the events of Genesis 19. The men of Solomon surrounded Lot's house and demanded the visiting men, actually angels, be handed over to them. Lot offered his two virgin daughters instead. Because of their wickedness, Sodom was destroyed. Does this mean that God will destroy Gibeah also? This horrific story shows the dire need for a king. Not just any king, though, but the king of kings through the tribe of Judah, not through the tribe of Benjamin. Well, that does conclude our essay for today. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue on with the Old Testament as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay called, Writing a Wrong. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us, and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 880 treks or read the wisdom journals, they are available at wisdom-trek.com. I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Play so that each day's truck will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. As we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly